Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Fresh in the door from the Vitality 10,000 race here in London today on an Irishman running abroad. I asked the legend, Sonia O'Sullivan, all about the thing everybody wants, but very few know how to get. Mental toughness, resilience, grit, stick-to-itiveness, or whatever you want to call the ability not to quit when the going gets tough. The stuff that Sonia seemed to have in abundance during her career, and Katie Taylor gave us a masterclass in over the weekend. Is mental toughness a skill? Can it be taught? Can it be diminished or damaged? And has the thinking on this stuff changed over time? Good morning, Sonia in America. How are you? Good morning. I feel like I'm always catching up here, you know. (laughs) You're so far ahead. You've had your day out in London already. (laughs) Race done. (laughs) We really really did get a lot done. I mean, out there, you've, you've changed location. Whereabouts are you now? So I'm actually, I'm still in Flagstaff. I've just, um, I've moved around from one side of Flagstaff to the other side. Very nice. And and now I'm in the middle. (laughs) So I'm right in the town. Well, pretty close to the town. I can walk to the town now, which is quite nice for the afternoons. It's a, a, yeah, it's a a very strange place here. It's hard to even visualize which side is which. And it's, it's just an odd place because there's a bunch of, freeways run through here and lots and lots of trucks like it's unbelievable the amount of trucks that drive through and that's that must be the um you know the whole i guess is what would you call it lumberjackery the wood business that that's up there a lot of kind of uh heavy uh industry yeah it seems like it i mean the transport of a lot of heavy heavy stuff anyway and trains as well like there's a train line goes right through the middle of the town and like parallel to Route 66, which is the famous road here. Mm. And, you know, depending on where you need to get to, if you're one side of the train tracks or the other, whether you're walking or driving, if you kind of get there at the wrong time, you could be stuck for quite a few minutes, like up to 10 minutes sometimes, the length of these trains that go through. Well, I'm really uh, like I actually thought about when we're thinking about mental toughness, and I was talking to Trevor Cummins, obviously, at today's race. You know, I did think about all this change and this upheaval with you always going places that this kind of concept of mental toughness doesn't take into account all of these extra things that we I think that sometimes we have this kind of limited view of um, mental toughness is just a, a person who won't quit. But would you agree that? some of mental fortitude is how you cope with the kind of change that we're talking about here. Yeah, I think a lot has to do with adaptability would be a big thing. You know, how you adapt to a change of, you know, environment and where you're going to. You know, we all can get very comfortable, you know, running out our own doors. And, you know, it's become a thing a lot these days for a lot of athletes is everybody wants to run out their own door. Whereas if you look back to times in the past, it was always a big thing to meet up with people and to go places. And so I think the people who are most successful are those that actually make an effort sometimes to go outside of 
their comfort zone hmm. and you know the home comforts of being able to run out your own door to come back and not have to put in that extra bit of time so the people i think who put in an effort who you know as was the upheaval of athletes when they moved to a training camp and settling into a new environment and finding new places to run and you know being comfortable with all that yeah, isn't it, isn't it funny? Flexibility is a word that kept coming up in the research and preparation for today, because I guess as everything I read was like, well, look, nothing is the same. Nothing's ever the same, particularly in running and the the acceptance or the welcoming of the variables is what you're getting at. But is that a, when you you bring up the past? I wondered if this conversation, have you recognised a change in the dialogue around mental toughness from back in the day? Like, has this become more to the fore or less so? Well, I, I think, you know, those who, you know, are open to change and open to doing things in a more traditional way, I think they are more successful because they don't have to have everything the way they want it. And they're willing to give up themselves to be involved in a group. And I think the most important thing that you can do is to be a part of a training group to help yourself to, to get better. So you don't, you know, your, your training or your fixed plan isn't the most important thing, but you realize that, you know, what you're doing is just a very, it's a version of what everybody else is doing. Mm. And everybody's just doing a version of the same thing. So if you all come together and you somehow mush things in together, you don't come out getting greater benefit from working together yeah. than you can going off thinking that you have to run one or two seconds faster or slower by yourself because, you know, someone told you to do that. So I think there has to be a level of flexibility in what you're doing. And, you know, I suppose in a way, compromise isn't quite the right word, but it's something that maybe you do have to do sometimes. You compromise, but compromise in a positive way, not in a negative way. So, you know, you don't compromise to come down to a lower level, but I think people have to compromise to lift themselves up to a higher level. Sure, a willingness to, to move. And I, yeah. And I think it's what you can, we're going away this weekend now to, there's a few races down in California and a lot of people are going and there'd be different levels of races. So there's A races and B races, depending on, you know, what time you can run. And, it, you know, some athletes will be better off in in a B race because they'll be more competitive. And when you're in a when you're competitive, you can lift yourself because you're at the top end and you're fighting to win the race. And it doesn't matter that it's an A or a B race. If you're fighting to win, you can actually give yourself a lift and a boost and get more out of yourself. Whereas other people will do better to be in an A race, which is a race that may be a little bit too hard for them, but they'll get carried along at a higher level. Mm. And when you get carried along at the higher level, then you get more out of yourself. So it just depends on the person, you know, people react differently to different situations and you have to figure out what works for you. When did you become conscious of this? I'm interested as to like, I won't keep harping on how they this has come to the fore and that there's actual mental toughness coaches who specifically go, oh, I won't help you lift weights, but I will help your mind improve. When did you become conscious of this? 
Well, I think one thing there that you said, like the the consciousness and the awareness of mental toughness and, you know, preparing for it and talking about it. And I think the best way to deal with it really is not to talk about it too much. Really? Because I think that I think, you know, as the years have moved on and people have talked about things more, there's more talking than action. And so people talk about, you know, the mental preparation and the mental challenges and you know, but sometimes they talk about it too much and it doesn't actually deliver the results that you need. Hmm. So I think there has to be a combination of the mental and the physical and you have to take it into your training. Yeah. And I think you have to challenge yourself in training so that you know what you're capable of when it comes to a race. And then the race is the performance. So that's when you get to go out there and to show what you can do. And you kind of think in training, you do lots of different efforts over a greater amount of time in a race it's just one big effort so you've really got to put it all on the line and go for it and I think when you can do that and put everything aside then that's when you can get the best performance out of yourself and you just have to look around at so many different examples I mean Katie Taylor is the perfect example you know we were watching it here on Saturday evening the Dublin Track Club. What was that like? Were, <laughs> I mean, they had been away at the Penn Relays and they were arriving back and I was with Michelle Finn, the Olympic steeplechaser. And um, we were preparing dinner for the boys coming back from Philadelphia. And then she said to me, oh, that fight is on. <laughs> and because of the time difference, you kind of lose track. And I've heard you say this on your podcast before, when you're away from home, you know, it's not so, you're not so aware of, you know, the countdown to something big that's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something and that so, Irish people are, are living intimately each yeah, day. I mean, yeah, you know, if you're in Ireland, it's on the radio, it's in the paper. Whereas here, you have to be chasing it up to mm. make sure that you don't lose track of time. And so I'm in the middle of cooking the dinner and the boys are, we keep getting updates when they're about to arrive. And I'm also in communication with some friends in New York who I had, you know, asked them that morning. I said, um, do you know there's a boxing fight on tonight with Katie Taylor? And they actually didn't know. Wow. Um, so we created this little um, group chat on WhatsApp and um, it was the boxing friends. <laughs> and, and they were they were all into it then. So, you know, you had when you have little things like that going on around the place, you're kind of more, I suppose, yeah. excited for the event. And so by the time the boys arrived in the house, I had it. All I could manage was to get the RTE website <laughs> updates. Oh, my God. That's how you watch this fight. Well, for, for the first half, yes. And so they're coming in and they weren't they still weren't sure what was going on. And, you know, the dinner is just about ready, but it's on hold now because of this. We're in this fight watching it through RTE updates and I'm reading out what's going on. <laughs> and um, then I'm getting messages that, OK, you can get it on this website for $20. <laughs> but in the fifth round, it looks like Katie's going to get knocked out. And we're like, oh, we're not paying $20. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> and next thing, somebody had it online and we're like, we got it. <laughs> so then we were all gathered around my iPad watching this. And um, what an unbelievable yeah, it, it was, it got, sporting it event. Was. Yeah, like, I oh, mean, it was fantastic. But I mean, I think that's where I was um, kind of getting to was that point. You know, I think it was the fifth round because it was at the point where I was reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we really only got to see the last three rounds, which were the better ones. Which for were Katie, the best where rounds. She was really, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the fact that, you know, we were nearly giving up on her. 
that she's, you know, was getting a pummeling and she was like, but she stood up and she came back out fighting and believed in herself. Well, I think that's the thing is that you believe in yourself and yeah. you believe that. Hang on a second. I've prepared for this. I've done a lot of work. I've got one chance to get this right. Uh, otherwise, you've got to go back to the start and start. And this is a big thing you get with people who run marathons is that if you fail in, you know, getting a result in a marathon, it's a long time before you're going to get get out there again because mm. you're going to come have to come down and then get yourself back up again. And it's the same, I'm sure, with a big boxing fight because, you know, Katie, she only fights every now and then. So there's such a huge build amount up. of time in the preparation, the build up the big event and then the next one is not going to be they're talking now October maybe mm. um, you know so it's months away so you know you have to take the opportunity when it comes along and I think to be mentally and physically prepared is you've just got to get the right combination where you're balanced going into something. Let me ask you this before we get off that point because there are those that believe that this is a buzz word or just a jargony term mental toughness and that what you've just described there is confidence it's it's confidence and belief and faith in yourself to have it in the tank like like you say in round five katie's toast people are like this is this is going to end soon but still she's going back to the well like you said that she's like no no i know i have the training done i can survive this is there anything to that that actually mental toughness is just a term that we've hung on a specific type of confidence well there's often like in anything that you try to do everything is hard you know any challenge that yourself set yourself is difficult because if it wasn't difficult then you know everybody would be able to do it and you know there'd be no kind of talking about it or Mm. you know it wouldn't be be given yeah yeah but you just have to think everything that you do, there's a turning point in there where all of a sudden you see where you're going. And But you've got to get to that point. And, you know, the best example is if you a track race or 5,000 meters or 10,000 meters. Oftentimes, if an athlete can just hang in there for one more lap, it's always one more lap. And we say to the athletes, OK, just think of it one lap at a time. You know, don't think about 25 laps or 12 and a half laps. It's just one lap at a time. And the more laps that you can keep back, you know, getting through, the closer you're going to be to the finish line. And all of a sudden it's going to change and your mentality is going to change because, it, you know, you're you're kind of over the worst of it. And this is the downhill section and it's all downhill from here. So you just got to get to that point where you kind of forget about the difficulty and all mm. of a sudden you're in the excitement of the race. And I mean, I noticed that in your race yesterday, the Vitality 10K in London, that you you finished pretty strong, like your last kilometer was pretty strong. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's the thing that everybody has when the finish line is in sight, you can lift a bit and Mm. all of a sudden you've only got one kilometer to go or 500 meters to go. You see the signs and the countdown to the finish line and you, you know, no matter how tired, how much effort you've put in. You can give it that one extra bit to get yourself over the line. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go on about my extraordinary performance, but uh, (laughs) we should devote a little (laughs) bit of time to it in just to frame what we're talking about today, because one of the things that I was reading that I kept reading in preparation for our discussion about resilience and mental toughness was creating 
a kind of mental image of yourself and kind of living that, that I am a I am a tough, gutsy runner that actually telling yourself that being that rather than going, I guess I'm going to try really hard in this race, but that actually connecting your identity, associating with this is who I am, this is what I do can just, you know, produce a toughness that if you are to be tough, you have to live tough. I'm not to bring it back to the race. I guess I had in my head that I knew that last kilometre was going to be hard. I knew that you had told me the crowds are going to be there. You're on the mall. You're going to see 400 metres to go. And I had already decided in my mind that the whole race is going to be run in such a way that there's something in the tank for that. How much value is there in an athlete or just a person deciding and visualising themselves the way they want to be rather than how they might have viewed themselves in the past yeah I think it's it's I think I told you the day before when you went out for your easy jog to kind of just kind of visualize the race in your mind and how you were going to approach it and how you were going to feel mm, so you did you yeah kind of, you think more about getting yourself into the moment and you know, not getting carried away because there's other people around you and getting distracted, but kind of focusing on, okay, how am I going to, you know, use the adrenaline at the start of the race, but then settle in and get to a point where, okay, I can go this pace now for a good 10k here. Mm. I can get myself to within sight of the finish line and then I can really go for it and have something left. And it's just finding that balance. And it can just be a few seconds sometimes, you know, that you don't go to a few seconds too fast mm-hmm. and that you you know, you know what you're capable of and you manage that as best that you can. And as much as you want to lift and you want to do something, you know, that you don't know that you're capable of. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we surprise ourselves and we can go out there and run amazing times and, you know, really rise to the occasion. And the, you know, the course is perfect. The conditions are perfect. And you just do greater than you'd ever imagine based on your training. But you have to you know, you really do have to balance that you can't just go in there and, you know, just hope for the best. I think you have to have a realistic view of what you're capable of and manage that as best you can. And then up to a certain point and then you can go for it. You know, Mm. you've got to get yourself, you know, at least three quarters away into the race before you let loose. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually Porig Harrington or it could have been uh, Rory McIlroy. I think it was Porig who said that his mistake in terms of his mental toughness was that he was going into tournaments trying to win them. (laughs) And actually, the advice he needed to observe is more what you're saying, which is you need to put yourself in a position to win on the final day and then it's anyone's game. So if you can put yourself in a position to do your best final kilometre, you can't run that final kilometre at the start of the race, as, as as obvious as that seems. I have a lot of questions on this, Sonia. It's only when, when I dug into it, I was like, Jesus, this is a deep, deep topic. There's There's so much in this because a lot of people want to know, can they build it? Can I approach my sessions a certain way so as to go, well, this toughness that I'm lacking at the moment where I... I find myself quitting or I find myself throwing the towel in on the last rep. 
people seem seem to be really keen to find out is there such a thing as a running session that will actually enhance your uh, your mental toughness or resilience oh i think there wouldn't be any specific session but i think we have to kind of i suppose like you said about whether it was Padraig or Rory is that you don't think about the winning but you think about the process of how you're going to you know make yourself better hmm. and how you're going to turn up and be able to get a better result based on how you balance yourself and how you place yourself because I mean so you'd often see in races people running and it's like as if they're coming down the home straight and this happens in 1500 meter races a lot I think and the runner, all, all of a sudden, they're kind of envisioning themselves crossing the line first. And I think as soon as you start to think about that, you lose track of what you're actually trying to do. And mm. often you get beat because you're thinking about the finish before you actually get there. So I think you should never think about the finish. If people, There's different trains of thought on this. People, some people do visualize winning and, you know, what they're going to do when they're winning and, you know, yeah. the victory. But I think you have a greater chance of winning. And whether that winning is crossing the line first or it's winning is, you know, being happy with the race that you run, because, of course, everybody can cross the line first, but we can all win in what we're trying to achieve. And just kind of taking it step by step rather than thinking, okay, the only thing you can do here is win. Because then sometimes you're kind of thinking too great. You know, you'd like to think that you're able to do anything and you don't I mean for you know for the best athletes they never want to discount the fact that they can't win but I think you have to break it down into how am I going to get the best result for myself now there Mm. might be somebody else in here who's better than me and there may be nothing I can do about that but if I give myself every chance of being the best that I can be then maybe I'll be in a position to compete and to win the race. Mm. But it's a real clarity of thought that you clearly have there that loads of us lack. Like, I think it's always so funny on the show when you're saying things that you regard as simple. But what you're saying there is clarity. It's it's really crystal clear to you. And sometimes that that might be the dial that needs to be turned is the simplification. Because like with Porig or Rory, we do tend to overcomplicate. And when I say we, I mean me. <laughs> and, uh, yesterday's race was just a total joy. I need to give a shout out to a lot of people that ran it and a lot of listeners who came down to run it with us in the singlets and the whole lot. And for that, Sonia, we should probably go around the parishes. Let's go with you, Sonia. What, what, did you pick out somebody from around the parishes that uh, you want to give a shout out to first? I did, and I, I knew you'd have all the people from the, the run yesterday in London. <laughs> so I've just picked, or today, today in London. Yeah. I have one from that who you actually highlighted to me is Owen Downing from Cove, who lives in Dublin. And he's one of Trevor's athletes, but ran 33.47. Unreal. And, uh, he ran a fairly evenly paced race. And that's the thing is, if you can run an even paced race and not go too fast the first half, you can bring it home. So that was very impressive, personal best for him. We can actually hear from Owen now. Why don't we hear Owen's thoughts after that? I'll play that in here, Sonia, because I think it's just a lovely little one minute clip from him. 
Owen Downey's here with me at the Bag of Nails kind of post-match analysis stage of things. Owen, are you buzzing with that yeah. result? Yeah, absolutely delighted with it. Yeah. So what was the time eventually? I did a 33.49. Uh, yeah. Which is something else. Yeah, so the aim is to go under 34. So yeah. Yeah, well, well done. When did you feel like you had it? Uh, well, like from the first, like for the first three or four k, I felt horrendous. Like, really? Yeah, just like off. Oh. Describe it. Yeah, like, oh, just feeling like I wanted to drop out. Like I was like really? sluggish, kind of like. And, uh, wanted yeah. to drop out. Yeah, just struggled. So, but after that, then I kind of got into a bit of rhythm, and from about seven k, I felt comfortable. And, yeah. Like I kind of yeah, like push on from there. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. But isn't that so interesting, Sonia? That he actually contemplated dropping out even though from what you could see it's very solid even paced race but in his mind he was going oh I'm feeling rotten here well that's that's a common thing that does happen a lot because I think you go out there and you know you're going faster than you've gone for a while and all of a sudden you're thinking I've got a long way to go here how am I going to manage this and you can feel pretty bad those first kilometres and that would be that's the perfect example of you know, mental toughness and mental ability to overcome those negative thoughts in your head hmm. and to then get yourself to the point where you're kind of thinking, oh, I'm actually okay. I'm able to do this. I'm managing this. And you, I think the thing is when you get past halfway, then you start to have more of a belief that you can actually finish off what you've started. And yeah. sometimes you, you question, you know, have I started too fast here? And I suppose we all have a lot of information these days running along with the watches and giving us feedback as we run along. I don't sure I'm being curious when you were running yesterday, did you have feedback in your ears or how were you, how did you manage? I did. I know you think it's uh, it's sacrilege <laughs> to have headphones, but I did. So was it giving you they're giving you your predicted time and then you're running this pace your predicted finish time is this yeah well it was easy enough to work it out you know it was giving you your splits obviously the Strava uh-huh. was shouting them out to me into my uh, open move uh, Aftershocks headphones and you know it was just, it was so handy because I ran with another comedian called David Whitney who uh, people may remember from the Breaking 20 challenge and you know he was aiming for under 45 minutes too. So we could, it was actually invaluable to have somebody literally with the same target as you. And so you could say to him, that was a little bit quick, that last one. Uh, We should probably chill it out a little bit here. So that was kind of, you know, letting me know that bit of feedback, like you say, was totally invaluable. Uh Yeah, but I was pretty impressed with your finishing time, your official time, 44.44. Thank like, you very much, Sonia. I, I, see, I love, I, I love um, symmetry. <laughs> nice, no, nice numbers like that. I mean, you couldn't do that if you tried, could you? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I, you know, it was, uh, it was a great buzz. I have to say, no two ways about it. Really, really happy because our plan with the whole thing was to see, well, what, what's my baseline here for this 10k distance? As we talked about last week, let's run this as cruisy as possible and see what comes back, not eyeballs out. So I never really felt like I was out of breath, which is really nice to come in and go, yeah, you, you hammered it for the last uh, kilometre, but the whole thing was run at a lovely, easy pace. So I'm super proud of it. And like I say, so proud to gather everybody together at the Bag of Nails pub, as mentioned there afterwards, where I met another 
listener who people may remember from the Breaking 20 Challenge, Paul Brennan. Now, this is like a subplot here, isn't it? Paul Brennan ran it in a ridiculous time. Let me pull up his time here. Paul Brennan's uh, time, according to Strava, was 34.54, (laughs) running at an average pace of 3.29. Absolute ridiculous stuff. But as he says here in his note, this is a crazy PB, given that his previous was 36, which was five years ago. Now, what do you think is the difference on you? Can you guess? Um, His diet, was it? No. Give you one the more shoes. guess. The shoes. The shoes. <laughs> the shoes. <laughs> Paul Brennan has been in a big moral dilemma over the vapor flies and whether it's actually fair to be running in these things. But he got an offer of a loan of a pair thanks to one of his uh, teammates or his clubmates, Mike P, who offered me a tryout, he says, of, of his new Alpha Flies. And he had no clue that this was about to happen so maybe I'll play a little bit of his post-match analysis here We're here at the Bag of Nails pub afterwards just for the post-match analysis the subplot that we had of Paul at his super shoes his first day out in the super shoes Paul, tell people the difference it made just break it down in a nutshell what kind of a difference did the shoes make for you? Um, a 10k PB was 36.04 that was 5 years ago when I was at my fittest um, today I would have expected about 36.45 to 37 I ended up with 34.50 and purely purely down to the magic shoes So, really? you really feel that it is like purely down to that like surely something's changed in your running in the last 5 years that's an insane change no absolutely not <laughs> I can run longer distances now at steadier paces, but for pace-wise, there's, I wouldn't have been getting close to low 36 today. Maybe 36.30 at the absolute best in, in flats, in the old shoes, but um, yeah, nearly, nearly two minutes maybe there today. With the, and you could feel it. I mean, you could feel it, just, yeah. just in your legs. Yeah, same effort, 100% same effort like during the race. Um, gave it everything like I would in the normal shoes but the miles were just ticking off like getting quicker and quicker once the field opened up they were getting quicker still got this moral dilemma this man has got a pint in his hand right now I don't know if that's the reason for it but he's still not sure if he'll ever fully commit to them yeah I'm too much of a moany stubborn old git like that's the problem so (laughs) lovely stuff great to have Paul there and just so so interesting Sonia we actually did talk about you know there must be there must be thoughts in your mind about these these particular races because, of course, Ailish McColgan won the women's race and came within three seconds of getting Paula Radcliffe's record over the course. I mean, does it play on your mind when you hear things like that where you're like, jeepers, what kind of running would I have done uh, had I had a pair of them back, th- back in the day? Yeah, well, there's definitely a big shift in, you know, what people can run and the times. Like, the curve has moved up for you know the high level of running and um you know eilish particularly she flies around in the asex shoes which mm-hmm. are really really quality shoes um and you know to me you know running 30 24 is a phenomenal run but to be able to do that as she does i mean she runs most of it by herself mm. it just i mean it's probably a minute faster than what people you know were able to do regularly you know before these shoes came along mm. and you know i mean it's a combination of you know training in the shoes so you're training at a higher level so 
you're just becoming a bit more efficient the whole time with everything that you do in you know fast training runs and regular training runs and then the recovery as well there's just so many benefits from the shoes that you know we you just have to accept it now i mean there's no comparison you know with the times of you know bygone days to to now i mean it's just another level altogether and you know, you, I, I was down at the track on Saturday and I was watching some girls running around down there. And just the ease that they do sessions, it's just another level. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, they, and they do more. The, the sessions are longer, they're more quality in them, and and more athletes are able to run at this higher level. So I think the depth of running at the high level is also increased. And the other thing with the shoes is that... Um, I think it's given a new lease of life to older athletes. So athletes who kind of would have been at the point where, you know, they might be coming to the end of their running career. All of a sudden, they've been given a new lease of life because they've been able to boost their performances with these shoes to maintain, you know, a very high level for longer. So then all of a sudden, mentally, you're kind of thinking, oh, I can hang in here for another while. And, and you know, you're less likely to give it because you don't feel yourself slowing down. It's kind of it's kind of magic in some ways at that, uh, it, and it makes me think that these this ethical dilemma, the moral question that Paul raises, it will just fade because I think that there might come a time when we look back and think, remember when we didn't put carbon plates in shoes? <laughs> because it just the playing field is now level with every company doing it. That it it made me think of the uh, book that you recommended, Shoe Dog, and uh, Phil Knight putting you know the the waffle iron to the to the shoe and putting extra extra sponge or uh, foam in there, and how revolutionary that was, and how matter of fact we are about there being foam underneath our feet as we run now. I think it's it certainly felt like the majority of people were in those shoes. And love and life. And if it means more people running, as you say, for longer, then, uh, you know, I'm all for it. <laughs> that's a, that, that that's all we have time for for Around the Parishes. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, everybody who showed up, all the listeners that came down, including James Carty, including, obviously, we'll have a little bit more from Trevor Cummins later on because I got to meet his kids and his wife and everything down there. We had so many Irishman Abroad listeners who came out for it and came out for the drinks afterwards. Thanks to all of you for doing that. Sonia, before we go over to uh, Patreon, do you have a tip of the week for us? Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. Well, I think the tip of the week comes from what you set up in London this weekend. And that is that, you know, the the community of getting together and, you know, being a part of something beyond just the race mm. and the excitement of, you know, having a meetup after the race. And, you know, you can take that to into your training as well, is that. I think the social side of running is as important as the training side of it. Mm. So I think whenever there's an opportunity to meet some people and to, you know, get that buzz of kind of sharing, you know, the, I suppose, the the, the difficulty and the hardship of running, it, it becomes to a whole new level, I think, when you can share it with other people. 
So you had this thing to look far- forward to yesterday that you were all going to meet up afterwards and have the kind of post-mortem of the race mm. and share it with so many people and get all these different views and experiences. And it just means so much more, I think, when you can do something like that. Yeah, um, 100%. It, it just lightens the load, I think. You know, there's more to it. You're not just going in there for this big race. And I think when you know there's people, you know, you've committed to something, you've told people you're doing something. And I think that's the big thing is to to tell people what you're going to do and to have that little bit of expectation beyond yourself. Then I think you're going to go out and you're going to enjoy it more, I think, because it's a challenge, not just for you, but it's for all those people who are waiting to hear how you do and waiting to hear positively that you're going to come back with a good result. So the more people you have believing in you and backing you, the greater that you're going to enjoy the experience. And, you know, we can go back to Katie Taylor on that, I think. And, you know, it's it's a it's a great analogy to have it with the boxing ring and the people in your corner. So the more people, positive people that you can have in your corner, the greater you're going to enjoy whatever it is that you're trying to do. What a lovely message to end this part of the show on. If you'd like to do as Sonia said and join us, just join up. It's easy. Go to Strava.com. Look in the clubs section and just search Irishman running abroad or even Sonia or Sullivan or my name and you'll find it really easily. And as I spoke to people today, I was laughing about how positive the energy is at these events. But it's the same on Strava. It is the one social media platform where no negativity exists and not in a schmaltzy way. It's just such, as Sonia says, such a positive energy behind you as you try and do this thing that you might be reluctant to do or you might struggle to do. Come on over, join up. Uh, We've got a new challenge in front of us for May for the guidedogs.ie Irish Guide Dog Association. We're taking part in their 100k for Guide Dogs Challenge. Uh, Now, all the details I'll post in the Strava group, but we'd love you to join up. And most importantly, head over to guidedogs.ie to see what the challenge is all about. But for the rest of this episode, and to hear the rest of our conversation about resilience and toughness and building strength, head over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.